what I what my fear is is that organizations will be so focused on AI that they will miss the fundamentals. Welcome to Paychecks Thrive, a business podcast where you'll hear timely insights to help you navigate marketplace dynamics and propel your business forward. Here's your host, Gene Marks. Hey everybody, it's G Marks and welcome back again to another episode of the Paychecks Thrive Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, whether you're listening to us or watching us uh, online, we're, we're really happy that you are here. My special guest today is Alyssa Dr. J. Abdullah, who is the Deputy Chief Security Officer, uh, Senior Vice President of Emerging Corporate Security Solutions at MasterCard. Uh, Alyssa goes by Dr. J. So first of all, Dr. J, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Gene. Thanks for having me. Okay. And I have to say, you don't understand, I'm from Philly. So whenever I hear Dr. J, I'm thinking of a completely different Dr. J. I know. I know. But it is after him. It's after him for sure. Yeah. You know, Dr. J had so much gravitas and so much swag, as I like to call it, in basketball. And as I was getting my PhD, um, I thought, you know, how do I brand myself? How do I think about myself and create a name for myself in technology and in cybersecurity? And my middle initial is J. I used to be a radio DJ. My radio DJ name was Jimmy J. Um, and so I said, hmm, Dr. J. And I'll be just as smooth and as cool as he is when he was dunking the ball as I want to be in creating solutions for uh, organization. So that's that is, kind of, first of all, evolution. I, I can't believe you're telling me this story. Cause I mean, I'm, I, I have no connection to this whatsoever other than the fact that like I'm a huge Dr. J fan. And again, lifelong Philadelphia. And it was part of the big, you know, you know, we were at the finals when the Sixers won back when he was, with yep. the, you know, with the team. And so, uh, that's very, very cool. And I'm glad that we have that connection. So, okay. Dr. J, that's what I'm going to be calling you is Dr. J. Now you, you know, so you're involved with security at MasterCard. Um, I know that you're also involved in a lot of programs. Uh, we are talking now, it's National Cybersecurity Month. First of all, just, just give us a little bit of background about yourself. Tell us you know, you know, what you do at MasterCard and how you got there, just so our audience can, sure. can establish where, you know, who we're talking to. Sure, so I, I'll, I'll, I'll start with how I got there and then I'll go with what I do. Okay. <laughs> Again, radio DJ, ex-radio DJ turned cybersecurity executive. Um, I have a PhD, actually. That's where the doctor comes from. It's legit uh, in information technology management. And um, I've served with, as the deputy CIO for President Obama in the White House. I was responsible for White House technology, Camp David, Air Force One tech. Um, and then moved on and said, let me look into cybersecurity. Let me conquer that. Um, and so I was a former chief security officer for Stryker, which is medical technology and Xerox, which is print. Of course, everyone knows print and, and workforce work, what they call it now, workplace work management platforms kind of things. Um, and so then kind of moved over to MasterCard as their deputy chief security officer. And I'm responsible for implementing solutions that protect the company against future threats. So anything that's in the future, not really cutting, cutting edge, but like right there on the edge. So we're doing things like, you know, integrating 
people now, AI is the buzzword. We've mm-hmm. been using AI for the past 10 years. Mm-hmm. That's why, that's why, <laughs> you know, people don't have problems with their, uh, with our payment technology methods. Um, but things like that, when you think of AI, when you think of clouds, cloud, and when that was, you know, becoming very, very popular, that's what my organization does. It really looks at the future threat and what, how we protect ourselves from that. And then how do we implement the right things internally to make sure we are on the right path? to innovation and making sure we can, we say, innovate, we say security at the speed of innovation. Right. We don't want security to impact innovation. And so that's, that's kind of where it all comes from. You know, so when I think I'm at, first of all, I'm a MasterCard customer. Um, I, I, you know, we've had over, I don't know, in the past 20 years, maybe two or three incidents of the fraud. Um, Once somebody stole our credit card number and this is a true story. Um, I delivered flowers to my wife at our house and really? my, wife asked if I got, my wife knew it was not me getting her flowers. Cause that, that's, <laughs> that's not something I do. Um, and it was, and then when we looked at our credit card, you know, she, she inquired about it. There was like all these fraudulent charges. And I think that how creepy is that? The person that took it, you know, stole it, actually sent her flowers, like thanking her for the use of the credit card. So, um, but the, the reason why I even tell that story, Dr. J is because, you know, uh, both personally and professionally, because we have MasterCard as a business card for my company. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, like, I don't worry about it. You know, like, I don't, like, I'm like, that's on you guys. It's always like, if there's any fraud, I, I think we have like a $50 liability or something like that. But for the most part, it's like, you know, you call up the credit card and it's, and it's you guys, you have to take the onus on doing that. But I'm assuming that like, as a business owners, you know, as a business owner, I should be interested in what you guys are doing, mainly because... The, the more efficient you are at making sure that fraud is reduced or controlled, um, the more cost beneficial your services are to us. And if they didn't have somebody like you in place and fraudulent transactions were out of control, um, I'd be paying for that as the end user right. in the end. Does that right. make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. You know, when I think about the story of MasterCard, right, and I'm not even going to go into the history of it, right? I'm just talking about true to the foundation. MasterCard is built on trust, right? right? Right. It's a business of trust. Now, it's trust in your payments, and we've been doing the right things for years and years and years, or else we would not have been here and has established for so long. But we've been doing this for so long that we've said, you know what, let's let's talk to business owners now about different tools that we have, different things that we use internally that can help you secure your infrastructures as well. So you're right. It's a great, it's a great story and it's a great way of looking at it because, you know, uh, before we were keeping the secret sauce yeah. and now we're, now we're sharing the recipe. So I, first of all, that's awesome. It's funny, even internally here, I mean, I don't work for paychecks, but I, I talk to the people at paychecks who this is their podcast, but you know, I, I always push to get like executives from paychecks on this podcast because I think business owners want to learn from them, mm-hmm. like how they do their jobs and, you know, because we're trying to run business. Here. So y- what you have learning from security, um, w- will only help us as business owners. So let's dig into that a little bit. I mean, I'm looking for advice, uh, and, and my audience is looking for advice because we want to make sure that we are minimized. You can't eliminate, you know, you know, cybersecurity issues, but we can try and minimize the risk of doing this. The first question I have for you um, is is about AI. You said just a few minutes ago how like AI is nothing new for you guys. I mean, you guys have been oh, using yeah. AI for a while, and you're deploying it where you know to, to see if somebody is buying a dinner in London and at the same time putting through a charge for jewelry in Los Angeles. 
theoretically, uh-huh. your you know, your algorithms can hopefully pick up those kinds of trends and do something about that. How do you think? Listen to your opinion. Where do you think like AI will will benefit small businesses in the form of security in the coming years? You know, where where when, do you think that's going? When you think about modeling or um, trying to figure out what do I put in my policy? What right. do I put in this? That is something, and I'm just saying I'm gonna I'm gonna right. raise it. I'm going to bring it down a level because I'm going to talk, I'm talking specifically about chat GPT and those type of, uh, of AI um, powers allow you to have a starting place, right? A foundation to start. When you think about and bring it up a level and talk about AI in general, now I'm thinking about, wow, all of these different companies are embedding AI in their tools. So now I have an easier way to monitor. I have an easier way to connect the dots as opposed to getting a team in together in the war room, getting analysts together and saying, okay, what did we see on the network today? What are, What is going on? You know, that's still, unfortunately, where some organizations are. Some organizations don't even know where to start. AI gives you that opportunity to say, this is where I want to start. Or this is my output. How do I get there? How do I get to this? How do I get to these metrics? What what should I be asking? How should I be programming to get to this endpoint that that will tell the story that I want it to tell? That's what AI is going to do for you. I don't think it is a it is not a replacement job, right? Because AI cannot create it. It can only create based on previous things mm-hmm. that it already knows what it's learning so right what it's learning mm-hmm. so what the what people are here to do mm-hmm. we are here to be creative and allow ai to create based on what we have been able to be creative with if that makes sense and so i think small businesses wow this is a big win small businesses have a hard time sometimes knowing where to start now that I know what to start, let me pick a target. Now what do I do? Right. What is next? Right. And it helps it helps with that. It helps with with that type of organization or or very very well could. What I what my fear is is that organizations will be so focused on AI that they will miss the fundamentals, right? And the adversary, that's what the adversary kind of wants us to do, wants us to to, to look at AI and, and figure out how that's going to work and what, you know, what are we going to do? How are we going to use it? Let's, let's go and, and try to uh, implement or solution our own AI into, um, into our systems to make our tool great. And then we're going to lose sight of ransomware, insider threat, spear phishing, like uh, good passwords and MFA. You know what I mean? We're going to lose sight of the basic things. And if you look at, where we've been breached around the world, everywhere, everyone in this cybersecurity space, it's just the basic things. AI just from a from an adversarial standpoint, it's just another way to get in. Yeah. Right. It's another, it's an easier way. I don't have to say, I don't have to think or go to the dark web and say craft a spear phishing email. I can just do it right there in right. in some AI thing. Say, you know, craft a spear phishing email or, you know, make this sound like you know, Gene Marks and, right. you know, whatever. Right. And it, it will automatically know that and do that for me. It's funny you say like, you know, like you just said, like make this sound like Gene Marks. I mean, there there are now some really advanced deep fake technologies that, you know, Absolutely. AI is generating 
that can fool businesses into thinking they're talking to somebody of authority mm -hmm. um, and make them go through a transactions without, you know, with, with, you know, when they're really just talking to a bot. So, so talk to me a little bit about training. Um, you know, every study that I read, Dr. J about, you know, about security issues is that basically it comes down to the fact that like I'm a dope because I, you know, mm -hmm. I'm, I, I, I don't recognize all the phishing emails. I click on things inadvertently. I download things without thinking about it. And we all do like 80% of like all, you know, security issues or, you know, malware, you know, incursions, data breaches. It's usually some employee making some mistake, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, what are your thoughts on training your employees to make sure, you know, on, on cybersecurity so that they are fully prepared, you know, and, and can recognize these kinds of threats? So I am a, a firm advocate of training, but we've got to, we've got to think of it and how do we train our employees today in the way that they will receive it? Right. If we're still doing hour, hour and a half long, you know, um, um, uh, training once a year, we're, that's not going to work. We're in a TikTok generation, right? We're in short clips, you know, viral videos. Let me remember this. And so one of the things, I mean, we do, we, we focus on that. We've thought about that. And how is, what is something, what is a catchphrase? What is something that we can say or we can do to help people help it stick? And that's what you're looking for with cybersecurity awareness training, stickiness. And I'll just give you an example, just from internal MasterCard, what we've done. We, we, we have this great slogan. Um, I don't know you like that. And you can't just say, I don't know you like that. You have to say it with sass. So when you get an email, you look at that email and you say, I don't know you like that. <laughs> and, and every time you get an email and you have that thought in your head, that should help you say, well, wait a minute. I know the CEO, but I don't know you like that to ask me to send Bitcoin. <laughs> Like, right. So Gene, I know Gene as a podcast and has, and we've had a great conversation today, right. but if you send me a message saying, Hey, I need help. I am in some other country. Can you, you know, money, get a gift card? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say, like, I don't know you like that. Yeah. I got you. I got you. See, that makes so that's what we're looking for. We're looking for stickiness, right? right. That's what we're looking for. Right. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. And I, you know, you, you bring up a really good point. I mean, uh, I have some clients that do like cybersecurity training. If they do it at all, by the way, okay, that's a whole other thing mm -hmm. with, small, with smaller companies. Um, but you're right; they do it like once a year. And you know, um, I have other clients that use it. There's good software that's out there that mm -hmm. relatively inexpensive that constantly tests your employees throughout the year, sending yep. fake messages. Yes, that's what we do. Yeah. We do you that as do well. We gamify it. We have a, a, a an escape room uh, um, oh. where teams can come in and they they compete against other teams across MasterCard to see who's got the best best time to get out of the room. And those things aren't easy, but <laughs> the bragging rights that you get from passing something like that and it energizes. That's what you want to do. You want to you want to energize the base. You want to energize the employees and really make them feel like, wait, this is a part of my everyday job. This is built into our DNA. Good. And a once a year sometimes is not built into the it's DNA. I know that's, it's, it's not. It's what some companies can do and, and but it's got to be kind of repetitive and, and without sounding preachy, you know what I mean? Understood. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Okay, other, I have so many questions for you. Um, let, let me, let's talk about passwords. Okay. I'm mm -hmm. curious to know your thoughts on that and, and what you're doing at MasterCard. I you know, the, the trend 
you know, Microsoft, Amazon, Google, they, they've all been the news recently saying that they're moving away from passwords and more towards pass keys, you know, mm-hmm. where it's, it's device driven authentication. Um, at the very least, a lot of companies, you know, if I go to my MasterCard account, um, I'm getting a text message. It's multi-factor mm-hmm. authentication. It's not just a password that's been used. Um, wh- where do you think passwords are going? Do you, do you think my company will be using passwords in the next, you know, in five years from now? Do you think they'll still be around? I, I, I do. I think passwordless is definitely the future. Mm-hmm. But you're talking about transitioning the entire world from moving away from passwords, right? We are moving to, you know, from regular eight to 10 or 12 character passwords to um, with special characters to pass phrases, because you realize the longer that it is, the easier it is. So if I, you know, if if I was going to do a passphrase, it may be, I love Gene Mark's Paychecks podcast and then add a few special characters inside. And oh my goodness, that's even stronger. But if you really think about the future, the future is going to be built on layered MFA, right? It's not going to be just, you know, Hey, I got a number and I need to verify that, 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 that number test that came in from my, uh, authenticator or authentication, uh, tool is the same as what I'm seeing on the screen. It's going to be more than that. It's going to be a biometric. It's, I mean, it's going to be so many layers because we know just straight MFA can be spoofed. We know that we know that sim, swim, sim swapping happens. And so you got to think about all of those things. When you think about all those things and you brought something up earlier that was like spot on, which is deep fakes, you can't even you know, voice is going to be is so easy to to manipulate and, and falsify um, with the right synthesizer technology. And so you it's going to be multi-layered. And so it may be password, pin, MFA and and a biometric. You know, it may be like all of those things or passphrase. But we've moved into passwordless. So you have a passphrase. You, you know what that passphrase is. And it's so long. It's a sentence. If you can remember a word, that's your password. You can remember a sentence and the sentence is so long that it is strong. Yeah. And you don't, you don't have to, then that removes you from needing to change it every 30 days as well. So, 30, so, wait, so let, let me just make sure I understand this because I, it, it, I, I think you're right. Um, you know, it, it's not going to become easier. I think it's probably going to become a little bit harder for the right reasons. Um, because I think what you're saying is that there, there's going to be multiple layers. So, you know, it's not just going to be a password and it's not just going to be, a, you know, a text mm-hmm. message, but it's going to be maybe another layer beyond that. Is that what you mean? Right. So, right. Uh, because, you know, we started out this whole Internet yeah. thing, trusting everybody. Right. Now we're moving into zero trust. Yeah. Like, I don't trust anybody. I need to verify every single thing. And our networks are moving into that as well. I need to trust every endpoint. I need to trust when someone when Gene is in is an email. I need to re-authenticate him when he moves to his payment, you know, his, his employee pay system. I need to re- re-authenticate him. We don't want to do that at the sake of the user experience, but the user is going to have to do something. That token can't transfer because now you're in more high priority assets, right? When you're touching something that's really sensitive, I need you to say, okay, I need to re-authenticate. I need you to be okay with that. I need you to be fine with saying, let me go back to my authenticator or Google authenticator, whatever you're using. Um, you know, so a lot of companies have a proprietary authentication sure. 
tools. I need you USB keys. Some have keys. Yeah. Some have, some have USB keys, right? Yeah. A hard token. Um, but you will need to do that. And then as long as you're there in that, in that for whatever amount of time, you're good to traverse the network and look at pay your paycheck and all of that. No pun intended. Oh, no, and all of that, you know, information. But now, once you move to, hey, I need to change the network. I yeah. need to change a setting in the network. I need you to authenticate again because, you know, something might have happened, something might have changed, and you may not be who you say you are at that See, point. See, I like, I, I really like to hear that because when, when I'm reading, I mean, we all know, like, you know, I, I, I use Google, I have an Android phone. Um, it, it's, it, 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 it's a pin to get into it. Um, it it's a um, it's a pass key system. But I always think to myself, like, man, if I lose my phone, you know, mm-hmm. any other person could pick it up and get into it. I had to send a, my laptop back for repair back to Dell, uh, who did a great job. But um, mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? If this got into the wrong hands, I mean, anybody mm-hmm. opens up this laptop, I had to give them the pin to get access to my whatever. I mean, I don't know who's there. Right. And then once they're in, they they can do it. You, so it, you, to have multi layers of authentication to me seems, the, you know, it just seems to be the future. I mean, and people are yes. trying to make it easier, but you work in financial services, you understand more than anybody that uh, there, there has to be those layers uh, because things change all the time. Yeah, I, I, we're trying to, it's a, it's a, it's a funny balance, right? Yeah. Between ease and security. Yeah. And we want to, we want, we, you, we want you to know that when you're on the MasterCard network, yeah. it is safe and secure. No one's going to touch your stuff. Right. No one's going to manipulate your transaction. Right. But then on the flip side of that, uh, we don't want to be too cumbersome and too heavy and, right. and have to teach cybersecurity because there's a lot of that that we think we should consume that level of um, of responsibility. T- of or- responsibility. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, um, more questions for you. Um, are you, can, can I ask, are you, are you talking to me from your home right now? Are you, are you at home? I am. You are, mm-hmm. good. The re- here's the reason why I ask you that question. How are you set up? You're, you're working from home, right? We have so mm-hmm. many employees that are working, you know, the, the very common thing now, people are working from home. There is, you know, again, you read the data, it's like ransomware is up like 400% since COVID because we're all working from home. We're using our seventh right. graders' computers, you know, the old routers, you know, we're, we're terrible mm-hmm. when it comes to security. So, you know, so considering your responsibilities and your job and the company that you work for, um, tell me how you're set up from a security standpoint and what advice sure. would you have for, for our audience for doing something similar? So I, I hate to, I hate to blatantly say that I'm a liar, but I am. Oh no. And, and what I mean by that is like, I, 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 I am at home. Um, I am lucky. One of the lucky people who has a, a husband partner who is a technologist as well. And Good. so <clears throat> we have dirty internet. We have, you know, inside internet. So we have two separate. Um, in fact, we have multiple because we have another, um, uh, land that we have all of our smart devices on. Um, and when I say I'm a liar, what I mean by that is when you register your smart device, it asks you for your name, your address, your this, your that. And I don't feel like I need to give that. I don't feel like I need to give like the accurate information. It may be in the neighborhood, but if a hacker hacks into my smart thermometer, yeah, I don't need them to come right to my yeah. address and be knocking on the front door and, and sending me flowers. <laughs> and not to, not to interrupt you, but um, you talk about your smart thermometer. I, I wrote a piece for Forbes like a year ago about a, um, a, a casino in Connecticut 
that was that that, that was infiltrated with malware through a fish tank thermometer, mm-hmm. Doctor J. Because mm-hmm. these things mm-hmm. are not secure, you know. Yes. So, and one of the things that I talked about a lot when I was the CISO of Xerox was. You have to upgrade your firmware on your printer. How many of you upgrade your firmware on your printer? People don't. How many of you upgrade your firmware on your smart thermometer or your your smart garage door opener or your router? Exactly. Uh, Luckily, these companies are becoming more responsible. I will, I'm going to use the word responsible because now instead of pushing it, they audit, it's an automatic update. You can up, but sometimes you've got to go in and say, I want all the automatic updates. Well, if you don't set it like that, it won't it won't happen for you. So you got to do things like that. We do have multi-factor. I do have a v, um, well internal in our in our private um, part of the house, uh, pri- private network. We have a VPN as well. My husband set up a VPN, so I do use an internal VPN. Um, but things like that are important. But just basic things. Let's say you. Let's say I, I'm not a technology person, and I don't want to figure out how to set up an, a VPN, nor do I want to pay for it. How about just change the default password on your home router, on your on your mm-hmm. internet service mm-hmm. provider's mm-hmm. router that they gave you? Mm-hmm. Let's start there. Yeah, I'm change pretty sure. The- I'm, I'm pretty sure that anybody outside my house can go to Linksys's website. And- yes. Use the same <laughs> default password because I'm probably sure it's yes. probably what's on my router right yes. now. So, yes. I mean, it takes no yeah. time to like change something like that. Yes. And, and or don't... if you have a cleaning service, yeah. guess what? It's right on the back of your router most <laughs> of the time. It's true. It is like they true. have a sticker that has it right back there. So it's just like <laughs> basic things you can do. You should have. And we started out with a dirty internet because we've got lots of kids. I've yeah. got six kids. And so the the trash that they're you know connecting to you know just social media crap you know i just want to make sure that whatever i'm doing when i'm working i need i need my work to be work i need it to be safe so let me so so let me ask you i mean you work for a big company and you also have the added benefit of your your husband sounds like a bit of a tech geek which is good Mm -hmm. um so fine that got you set up but it, it seems as if a typical small business owner doesn't have the time or the inclination to do all of this stuff for their work from home employees. And I, I've always thought that if you're going to have employees working from home, one of the costs that you're going to have to incur is to have an IT firm set them up and monitor them. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I think the best thing that that they can do just starting out is to make sure that they're working with a corporate VPN. Hmm. Because even if you are at a, you know, not only do I work from home, but I travel extensively. Mm-hmm. I may be at a, at a hotel in mm-hmm. Barcelona mm-hmm. or, you know, somewhere in Singapore, um, at a hotel, not even in an office. And I need to be able to work. I need to be able to function. I can take my device and connect no matter what I'm doing. The first thing I'm going to do is, uh, you know, connect with, a with my corporate VPN and I'm going to authenticate you know, the, the, in, in the right way, whatever that, whatever way, you know, your company is saying, I think that's number one, that's brass tax. Then you can talk about the extra things, creating a, a dirty internet for, you know, other devices. Those are, those are, you know, check the box and, and extra benefits. Um, but I would say VPN is number one. And, and, and to be honest with you, I don't do anything off of the VPN. Hmm. Right. Do you not travel considering what you do? I mean, do you, I tend more to use like my, my mobile hotspot service. 
um, mm-hmm. as opposed to even connecting. I have a VPN, but absolutely, you know, like I don't. I, I mean, as much as trustworthy as that might be, I still am still not comfortable connecting to like a hotel or an airport VPN, and I just go off my phone. Do you do the same thing, or I do the same thing? Yeah, I do the exact same thing. Yeah. I'm hotspot all day, and I'm waiting for Mastercard to say, <laughs> "What are you doing?" Because I do everything on the hotspot. And you're right. It's just, it's me being antsy, yeah. but everybody, you know, I do, I am aware that small businesses don't have luxury of enterprise business plans on yeah. their yeah. mobile devices. And even if you don't, if you connect to the connect to a hotel network, I'm okay with that, but immediately connect with uh, using to your VPN, like have that be automated. Then you're, you know, now you've got at least a secure tunnel that you're working through Good. no matter what they're doing. Dr. J, tell us a little bit or give your thoughts on on the CISA Secure Our World program. Uh, so CISA, C-I-S-A, CISA, just released their four things you can do to, quote unquote, secure our world, make it harder for malicious actors to access your data or to trick an employee, allowing them access to your system. So there are four things that, that you can do that they mentioned. They mentioned uh, phishing diligence, using strong passwords, enabling MFA, and um, keeping your hardware and software up to date, as, as we've talked about. Um, but what you'll also find there on the CISA website is access to the, the Stay Safe Online uh, stuff as well. And so it's just a great broad um, thing or, or link for, for folks to go to um, for small and medium-sized businesses that will help them and help us, quote unquote, secure our world because it's not just our MasterCard's responsibility. We're trying to make sure everyone is engaged and involved in this. And so Secure Our World is a great place to start as well. Good. Makes sense. All right. Before we wrap up, um, let, let's each of us, you know, um, give a thought on, on, on anything that we have not discussed already about safety, because there's one thing I didn't ask you about, but I'll just say it. And then I'm going to ask you if you've got any final parting words. We never oh, talked about goodness. upgrading, upgrading the operating systems of our devices. It sounds so like duh and obvious. And yet I've got, you know, I can't tell you how many people I know, particularly people working from home that are like still working on windows 95, you know, right. <laughs> right, and right. They're just low hanging fruit for, you know, yes. for anybody to get access to. So my, my, I wanted my piece of advice to, to our audience is just please make sure that you and your employees are running the most recent versions of windows, Apple, iOS, you know, Android, mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't eliminate your, your risk, but it certainly minimizes it. Do you, Dr. J, have any final words of advice on security that we what we haven't, you know, we covered a lot, but is there anything that we I haven't do. covered? I do. Um, and this is, this is love the podcast and everything that you all are doing and bringing to, um, uh, your, your audience. But I wanted to also plug, this is a shameless plug, Bring it on. the MasterCard, the MasterCard Trust Center. And I'm plugging the MasterCard Trust Center for various reasons. Mm-hmm. There are educational resources there for small and medium sized, um, uh, businesses that help them protect their businesses. Um, and, there's a nice podcast that's 30 seconds called Mastering Cyber. I'm 60 seconds. That's called Mastering Cyber. Um, by the time you finish tying your shoe, you're done. It gives you tips, terms, and topics on cybersecurity, like very, very easy stuff. Like, you know, we're going into the holidays, you know, be careful about holiday scams. And I list a few holiday scams and it's only 60 seconds. And so, um, but you can find that at the MasterCard Trust Center that has that and many more uh, resources for small and medium-sized businesses. 
Alyssa Dr. J. Abdullah is the Deputy Chief Security Officer, Senior Vice President of Emerging Corporate Security Solutions at MasterCard. Dr. J., thank you so much. It was a lot of fun. I learned a lot. I know our audience will have learned a lot as well from listening to this. So thanks for all the great work that you're doing. Thank you for having me. Do you have a topic or a guest that you would like to hear on Thrive? Please let us know. Visit payx.me forward slash Thrive Topics and send us your ideas or matters of interest. Also, if your business is looking to simplify your HR, payroll, benefits, or insurance services, see how Paychex can help. Visit the resource hub at paychex.com forward slash works. That's W-O-R-X. Paychex can help manage those complexities while you focus on all the ways you want your business to thrive. I'm your host, Gene Marks, and thanks for joining us. Till next time, take care. This podcast is property of Paychecks Incorporated 2023, all rights reserved.